0: All right, I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus is in me. You know, something I didn't do last time, and I felt bad when I got home, and I actually sent a text to the pastors. Um, I didn't didn't say how much I appreciate the opportunity to be up here because it's not... Um, you know, it's, it's not something I take lightly when when pastors will allow their pulpit to be used by somebody else, you know, because I can say exactly something really horrible, and they could wish they hadn't have done it. So I just want to say thank you to the pastors for the opportunity, and uh, hopefully uh, I won't mess up so bad that I don't come back. But anyway, let's uh, let's open in prayer. Lord God, we just praise you. We thank you for who you are, and Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity tonight to, to spend time with you. Lord, I pray that nothing that comes out of my mouth will... Will uh, not be of you, Lord. I pray for your Holy Spirit to speak through me, and to speak to me. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Do I need to adjust something? Move it down a little bit, maybe. Just bear with the uh the new system. All right, we're working working through the case sometimes, so um, can we switch mic? Um, my... check one, two. All right. Can you shut this one off? Can you hear me? Check one, two. Is it on? Alright. Alright, so when, uh, when Pastor Pam and Pastor Bill asked me to speak this month, um, I immediately felt I knew what I was supposed to share. Uh, and tonight I'm going to speak on forgiveness, but I struggled with it. Because I'm more of a vision, purpose, calling, uh, you know, what's uh, what's your goals in life, what's God want you to do, what has he filled you with, and when I've spoken to youth, you know, when Chris and I worked with the youth even 15, 20 years ago down in Arkansas, it always seems to kind of spin around that, so when God said forgiveness, I was like, What well, you sure? Is that, is that you, God? Because I, I wasn't really comfortable with it, and I thought, well, also, it's a thing that, that we hear a lot about, right, so if you begin your faith with Christ, the first thing you here is forgiveness, right? You need to, you go forward, you accept Christ, you accept his forgiveness, you say the prayer, you know, it's, it's all kind of hinges around that. And I thought, well, is that going to be a repeat of what we hear all the time? How do I how do I make it fresh and a and a new word, right? And so as I began to spend time and, and kind of research it, and my wife knows the time at home, she asked me, I don't know, even a week ago, a few days ago, you know, how, how are things going? And I was like, I'm not quite there yet. I just, you know, I don't quite have it. And you know, of course, God sometimes is an eleven fifty-nine, fifty-nine 59 God, which is which is okay. Um, but tonight I want to share uh, a little bit on forgiveness. Are you able to switch over? On oh, the PowerPoint. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just throwing all kinds of kinks in their in their wrinkle here, but so anyway, so tonight I want to speak on forgiveness. We're gonna talk about what well what God started speaking to me and showing me was there's there's more than just that initial Lord please forgive me. There's more to it than just the initial forgiveness of God, and now we're off on our, on our walk with Christ. There's actually stages and elements, and it's, and it's a two-way street. You know, I talk a lot about the circle of relationship. Forgiveness is the same way. When, when God forgives us, we have a part to play. Sure, we, we ask it, and he gives freely, but there's things we have to do to fulfill the circle. There's things that are on our shoulders. It's a part of our responsibility, and it's a lifelong journey. So we're going to talk a little bit tonight about how urgent and essential forgiveness really is. We're going to talk about those three other pieces, forgiving others, being forgiven by God, and the order of this is important. And we'll talk about this in a minute. And then the other big one, forgiving ourselves. So I like to start with the basics. I'm a definitions guy. So um, to forgive is, uh, and this is from the Collins English Dictionary. says to cease to blame or hold resentment against. And that could be a person or a thing. It says to grant or pardon for a mistake. In other words, completely take off all responsibility, all accusations, all, all, uh, all things that would send a person to prison or death or jail, any of those things, it's completely removed, completely forgiven, top to bottom, as if it never happened. And if we look at it in the Hebrew, there's actually three words that this comes from in Hebrew, and this is the Old Testament. The first one, kafar, which means to, to atone or a place of shelter and be merciful. You know, in the Old Testament, you, know, you read in there a lot, and in the laws about the camp. You know, they had the camp and to be uh, in a place of shelter, when they said kafar, they were talking about being in that circle, in that camp, in the inner circle, in the protection of the people of that tribe. And if you're in that inner circle, you're protected and that translates to forgiveness, which is also a form of protection. And also you read in the law that if you were outside of that protection or outside of forgiveness, a lot of people were sent outside the camp, right? They were sent out until until they reached the level of forgiveness, until they did the things they had to do under the law, before and if they could ever come back in. And the next one there, nake or naga, uh, to take away uh, the burden. It actually translates uh, exactly as forgiveness or also taking away of sin. Salak, to pardon, forgive, or spare. And the last one there is actually the Latin translation, which pardon, I think it's perdonare, but pardon and forgiveness uh, both come from that. You know, it, when we talk about it being urgent and life essential, so one question that we have to ask ourselves when it comes to unforgiveness, are we one step away from bitterness? Because if you get to this point of unforgiveness, then you really could just be one heartbeat away from bitterness. And we all know that when bitterness sets in, there's all kinds of things that can happen to our lives. It can destroy us mentally, physically. You know, it can destroy our relationships. And the thing is, it may not be just the relationship with the people that we're having the situation with. It can destroy relationships across the board in your families, it can destroy relationships at your work, and even with yourself. You start, you start operating in this mindset of, well, they did this to me and this wouldn't have happened if, and, and, and it starts to consume our mind. And, and even secular doctors will tell you that bitterness and unforgiveness can devastate you, can devastate the heart, can devastate your mental. You know, we think about how rampant depression and, and antidepressant drugs and things are in today's day and age. A lot of this can stem from things like unforgiveness or bitterness. If we look here in the scripture, and this is from the Amplified. Ephesians 4:31 says, "Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, which is perpetual animosity or resentment, strife, fault finding, and slander, be put away from you, along with every kind of malice, all spitefulness, verbal abuse, malevolence. Be kind and helpful to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely." So we're going back to that complete atonement, right? Going back to that complete forgiveness where there's a complete pardon. It's free. And also, uh, uh, I lost my place here. Be kind, helpful, one another, tender, heart, compassionate. And then also forgiving one another readily and freely, just as God in Christ also forgave you. And on the next slide, uh, one thing I wanted to touch on was a translation from the message, uh, the message translation. This is out of Hebrews. It's Hebrews 12, and it says, Work at getting along with each other and with God. Otherwise, you'll never get so much as a glimpse of God. Make sure no one gets left out of God's generosity. Keep a sharp eye out for weeds of bitter discontent. So you plant those weeds, you know, and there's other scriptures in the Bible, other parables where we hear about the weeds choking out the healthy plants. And that's exactly what bitterness can do. Even if you have a relationship with God and you're walking, you know, in your divine freedom, if you get bitterness in you and you allow it to take root, it can choke out all that other good stuff that you had going, all those other good relationships that you had. So keep a sharp eye out for that. A this or two gone gone to seed can ruin a whole garden in no time. So the whole key here is the forgiveness, the forgiveness that God gives, we need it. We need it in our lives. We need it to be a part of who we are, and we need to accept it. And the other parts that we need to think of is the opposite of the forgiveness, the unforgiveness. You know, if we have unforgiveness in our life, we can miss out on, uh, and and this is where I kind of get my purpose plug in here, if we have unforgiveness in our life, we can miss out on the things that God's called us to do. The purpose that he's planted in our lives, the direction. I am just sweating. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. I'm going to have to wipe my, I have to wipe my brow. You know, if T.D. Jakes can do this, I should really do this. That would be the nervousness coming through. All right. So it says mispurpose. Um, you'd have to, and you have to be in tune to hear the purpose, right? And if and if we are so caught up in our bitterness and unforgiveness, what happens is your whole spirit starts closing off, and everything in your in your knower. Does everybody have a knower? Yes. That knower is that. It's, it's actually an organ, and it's right between the heart and the stomach. Doctors don't talk about it a lot, but it's actually in there. It becomes very important. So we'll talk about that more later. But you also miss out on blessings. You miss out on, I like to call these unopened gifts. So imagine Christmas or a birthday. Somebody gives you a gift, and it's really pretty. It's wrapped really fancy. You know, they went all out, spent more on the wrapping than the gift, that kind of a thing, right? And you take it, and you put it on a shelf. Now, you've been given that gift, but you've not received it because you never opened it. You never enjoyed it. You never partook of whatever that thing was. It didn't have become a part of who you are, but it sure looks good sitting on that shelf. So see, there is a way to be given things, just like God has given us forgiveness, but did you really receive it? So there's a way to have unopened gifts in your life. And then also, uh, you know, this one kind of goes without saying, sowing and reaping work either way. So the laws of God work, whether whether it's a good or a bad thing. The laws of God are going to happen. So if you sow bitterness, if you sow anger and resentment, and all these things in your own life, you're going to reap those things. And it's just going to replicate and get worse and worse and worse. You have to cut that root out. Just like you plant in your yard or you have a garden. If you let those roots of those of those weeds and things just sit there, I mean, from one week to the next, they're just going to grow and expand. So you have to get it. And it's better to get it early. And then I mentioned earlier about phys- uh, physical and mental impact. You know, we were created for worship. We were created for relationship. We were created for fellowship with God. And if you have unforgiveness and bitterness in your life, it certainly destroys whoever that relationship was with, but it's also going to have an impact on those others around you. And eventually, it may not happen immediately, but eventually it's going to impact your relationship with God. You know, it may start with, eh, I really don't want to go tonight. I'm not feeling too good. Or, well, you know what? They, they always speak on forgiveness, and I just don't want to hear it anymore you know, whatever the thing may be, it's going to spread, and it's going to start impacting every single relationship, even the ones with even the relationship with God. In Ephesians 2.1, it says, sin separated us, so we were spiritually dead, so we had no relationship with God because of sin, and it wasn't until the forgiveness came in that we were allowed to do that, and then in Romans 8, uh, 1 through 2, it says, there's no condemnation when in union with Jesus. We're free from sin and death, so that union that relationship is what brings in the forgiveness it's what brings in the release and the pardon of those sins and of that guilt and those things that that allow resentment to take root so it all it this all proves that we definitely need a savior we need someone that can stand in that gap for us that can relieve all those things off of us where un, unforgiveness could take root in Romans 3 verses this is 21 through 25 and this is the good news translation i think i mentioned last time um, I've been reading through that the past couple years, and I've really enjoyed it. So I've got several translations in this, but I like the way this says it. It says, but now God's way of putting people right with himself has been revealed. It has nothing to do with law. Even though the law of Moses and the prophets gave their witness to it, God puts people right through their faith in Jesus Christ. God does this to all who believe in Christ, because there is no difference at all. So, another, And, and if, you, if you look at the original translation, it talks about the difference between the Gentiles and and the non-Gentiles, right? So that's who he's talking about, but he's making it clear here that it doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter where you come from, this is for everybody. Everyone has sinned and is far away from God's saving presence, but by the free gift of God's grace, all who are put right with him through Christ Jesus, who sets them free. God offered him so that by his blood, and I had this, or by his sacrificial death, he should become the means by which people's sins are forgiven through their faith in him. So, We've clearly seen that we need this. We need forgiveness. Like I said, that's that thing we hear. You know, when there's an altar call, we're talking about forgiveness. Come forward, accept the forgiveness that God's given you, ask him into your heart, make this a part of your life, accept this forgiveness. But this other part that we're going to talk about is the forgiving others. And and we'll see that in many scriptures throughout the Bible, it talks about the forgiving others actually precedes that acceptance of forgiveness. It doesn't It doesn't perceive the giving, but it definitely perceives the acceptance. In Luke 6, 36 through 37, it says, Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge others, and God will not judge you. Do not condemn others, and God will not condemn you. Forgive others, and God will forgive you. He's not saying that he's not going to forgive you, but now we're going to talk about the knower again. So if you know in your knower that you truly have accepted Christ. You truly have accepted his forgiveness. You know that you know that you know. And you've, you've started digesting the scriptures and you're praying and you have a realization that God gave his son Jesus. Jesus died on the cross to pay for this price of forgiveness. I've accepted it. I want it to be real in my life. If you truly believe that and you know in your knower, how could you possibly not forgive someone else? Because if you don't, then all that stuff we just talked about is not real in your life. It can't be. Because if if Jesus is willing to do it for you, we as just humans, how can I not be willing to extend that same love, same courtesy, same forgiveness to my fellow man or, or that person that cut me off on the road or whatever it may be? Because bitterness, once it takes root, can start expanding quickly, and we may not even know it's happening, right? We're just kind of going on with our life. And it may be something comes up that reminds us or a situation or somebody says something and it, it brings back to memories. oh, yeah, that so-and-so, you know. And here's something that, that God really showed me, too, just in the past couple weeks. This stuff could be for somebody that's already passed on. You know, you, you could have a something that you didn't get settled while they were here and it still eats at you and, and you know, it's, it's one of those, and you know, you, and again, in your knower, you know you have it because when you think of them, Ugh. you know, and you might even think, well, I'm just glad they're gone, you know, but you know, God can still heal that. He can forgive that. And secondly, you can release them from that. And all that's required is just to say, I mean this, God, forgive me. I accept your forgiveness. And I release that individual. And, you know, because death has no bearing on God. So, and, and the other thing too is forgiveness is if, is just as much for you, if not more for you, than that other person, because you know they may you know they cut you off or you know they said you're number one or whatever, right? And they gone on with their life, but you're just been out of shape about it, and they don't care. But if you take an issue with it and it and it causes you to have your day completely ruined and you go into the office or to your job or back home or the grocery store or whatever, and it has just rocked your world. I mean, like I said, they don't care. So even something that small can take root. In Matthew six fourteen through 15, again, this is from the Message Bible. In prayer, there is a connection between what God, and this, this I like this because it further explains uh, the piece we were just reading. It says, in prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. And the reason, that, the reason I really like that translation is because it refers to what we were sharing just a little bit ago where the piece that, that really sets the connection or really implants the forgiveness in you and makes it real is opening that gift. So God has given this gift of forgiveness. But until we make it real by accepting it and then extending that same forgiveness to others, that circular thing doesn't happen. And so you have to ask yourself, did i really receive it did i believe it i mean did i just give it lip service when i said yeah i said i know we got to say this prayer and i really things are really messed up in my life right now but i'll tell you what if my ex wife calls me one more time i mean you know what i'm saying if if that's your immediate if you can't go from this i love you god and forgive me but i will not forgive that person everybody else but not that one and and you have to dig down deep i mean i've read stories and, and believe me i'm not there I mean, I've read stories where somebody that, that had completely wiped out another person's family. And there's, you know, there's If Anybody have the Hallmark Channel? Anybody watch Hallmark? I think Pastor Bill said he loves it. Yep. But um, so, so our family really enjoys Hallmark, especially at Christmas. And, yeah, I like them too. I'm just going to say it. I'm just mad enough to say it. I'm going to say it right <laughs> here. But the thing about it is you'll see sometimes, you'll see movies on there like this because, you know, the whole redemption thing. But there's uh, some fictional, some true. But you know, where, where somebody had wiped out an entire family, and and the and the person had the ability to to go and forgive. But I'll tell you that that is extremely powerful. And it seems like how in the world could they do that, God? Because they they've reached that point of understanding what God did and what Jesus did, and I sure better be able to just extend this to somebody else. And I know that is a that is a far example, but. You talk about being able to lay down your life for someone else or extend forgiveness to someone that seems unforgivable. But I'll tell you what, the people that do those kinds of things, I guarantee you the victory they have in their life and the miraculous things that take place after that would probably blow our minds more than the first thing did. So it's a heart thing. If it's truly received, it's truly given. So if you really get it in you, you're going to be able to understand it and give it to others. And, and it has just become second nature. You just kind of click and walk in it. Doggone it, I wish they hadn't done that. But I forgive you in the name of Jesus. And you just keep rolling. Because if you don't, you're going to let that impact you. And it's going to mess you up more than it'll ever mess them up. Because you're letting it take root. And it's just going to derail you. Derail your day. Derail your life. You know, you get you get off track. You you, you start not hearing what God's speaking to you. I never hear the Holy Spirit. Well, where's your heart? What kind of shape is your knower in? Right? So the next thing we got to do is understand that we've forgiven others. Now we can clearly move on to where we can receive and open that gift the forgiving by the forgiven by God. So now we can take in that piece where it says, okay, I've got it, and I'm gonna take that thing off the shelf and I'm gonna open it up and I'm gonna live by this thing that says, I'm forgiven by God. Now I really get it. I understand it. I understand the price that was paid and I'm gonna accept it and I'm gonna and I'm gonna run forward with it because I'm forgiven. I'm free. All that junk behind me doesn't matter anymore. In Matthew 8, 21 through 34 it says, and this and this is a bit long, but I want to I want to share this with you because um, Two reasons, Peter's in it, and and which Peter's really what I wanted to share on tonight. When I first started, I was like, I'm going to share on Peter. Did Paul last time, I'm going to talk about Peter. I got derailed. But, and God derailed me, which makes it okay, but there is a couple verses here that's got Peter in it, so it's kind of, it was kind of a compromise, I guess. So it says, uh, it says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, if my brother keeps on sinning against me, how many times do I have to forgive him? Is seven times good enough? I mean, seven, it's not one. It's more than I would do. It's seven, is that good? He says, nope, not seven times but seven ti- 70 times 7. That is a lot. I mean, can you imagine if you heard somebody say, I really would like you to forgive me 70,000 more times. Is that cool?
1: <laughs>
0: and then I might accept it and, and just we can all be happy. And so he said, but 70 times 7 because the kingdom of heaven is like this. And this is important because he prerequisited his entire next statement with this is what heaven's like, Not earth. This is what heaven's like, okay? Once there was a king who decided to check on his servant's accounts. He had two he had just begun to do. So when one of them was brought in, who owed him millions of dollars, translated from the Bible times of the present, the servant did not have enough money to pay the debt. So the king ordered him to be sold as a slave with his wife and his children and all they had in order to pay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before the king. Be patient with me, he begged, and I'll pay you everything. So he came with this sincere face, sincere heart, dropped to his knees. He's begging, he's pleading, oh, please forgive me. I will do everything I can. I'll pay you back. And here's the thing. The king believed him. So he was sincere. He looked, he looked legit. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'll do everything I can. So the king believed what this man was delivering. So he was giving awesome lip service, right? Maybe he was a Greek actor. Who knows? But he was giving great <laughs> lip service. And the king felt sorry for him, so he forgave him. He pardoned him. He said, okay, it doesn't even exist. You're wiped clean. And he let him go. Then immediately after this, the guy goes out and he goes and meetups with his fellow servants who owed him a few dollars. So he went from, he owed a million and he got forgiven and now we're over here and it's just a few bucks. And he said, he grabbed him and he started choking him. I think he had some bitterness. <laughs> he said, pay back what you owe me. His fellow servant fell down and begged him. He said, be patient with me. I'll pay you back. Now, he just may not have been as good an actor wasn't as believable, I don't know, but he said he refused, and instead he had him thrown in jail until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were very upset and went to the king and told him everything. So he called the servant, and he said, You worthless slave, I forgave you the whole amount you owed me just because you asked me to. See, that's good there, because this is like heaven, right? He said, just because you asked me to, just like God does. Just ask. That's all he's saying, just ask me. You should have had mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had mercy on you. So here again, I forgive you. There's the gift. Open it. Now you pass that on. Forgive others, just like you heard here. And the king was very angry, and he sent the servant to jail to be punished until he should pay back the whole amount. So he took the gift back. You see that? He gave him the gift freely, completely pardoned him as if it never happened. The guy took the gift. He ran out pretty happy. I mean, basically he just made a million bucks, Right? But then he wants to go get a few dollars because he wanted to get a Starbucks on the way home. The guy didn't have it, and that made him mad. So the king says, "Okay, well then, uh, I'm just going to take that one back from you. You didn't get the coffee, and you don't have a million dollars either. So I hope you're happy now." So to be forgiven for God, but to be forgiven by God, is truly to receive life. So we move beyond this point of knowing that God is a forgiving God, and knowing that I need his forgiveness, and now I understand that I need to forgive others, but I also have to understand that I have to be forgiven by God, and I have to understand what that means. I have to understand what my responsibility is. And this is, have you all heard of the Passion Translation? So, I I don't have one, but uh, uh, our church down in Arkansas, uh, there was a one of the young pastors, the evangelist, he got a hold of it as, as it was coming out. The books were coming out, and they started sharing a little bit in the services. And some of the, I mean, some of the translation that they would share from the messages was just it was just really powerful. And uh, I, I keep I've talked to Chris about it a few times over the past few years, and I've just never picked one up. But this, this particular one is out of the Passion, and this is uh, Colossians, uh, Colossians two thirteen, and it says, "This realm of death describes our former state, for we were held in sin's grasp." But now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return. For we are forever alive and forgiven of all of our sins. So, moving from death to life. So, forgiveness is not just about, God, forgive me my sins, forgive me for that word I said, forgive me for that bad thought. You know, it's way beyond that. I mean, we're talking about life and death here. And bitterness, you know, you heard life and death is in the power of the tongue. I mean, people can wail around with their tongue quite a bit sometimes. And it's pretty easy to get upset about it, pretty easy to get mad. Sometimes we don't want to turn the other cheek. Sometimes we want to get bitter. And God is saying, there is life and there's death. I've given you life, but you have to choose it. And you have to execute these principles in your life just like I've done for you. Or you are actually refusing the gift. So there is a lot of responsibility on us. Again, it's real easy. I mean, to move from... A life of death and destined for hell to a life of victory and God's purpose in your life and destined for heaven to spend eternity with our father is an easy just take it but if you don't receive it and then execute it you know I grew up in a as a southern baptist and we heard the term backslidden a lot and basically what that meant was I asked Jesus into my heart and then I just didn't go to church anymore, and I just watched ball games on Sunday. But, boy, God, I asked Jesus in my heart, so I'm, I'm good. Eh. Okay? So note, if you ever have thought that way, not true. It's about relationship, circular patterns, right? So when you – and I, I'm not downing Baptist. I'm just saying that was part of the upbringing that I had, and that's the things that I was taught, and that's the things that I believed. And it wasn't until I discovered that it's about relationship. It goes so much beyond that. And that wasn't that that's what they were teaching – That was just my interpretation, right? Just get saved and I'm good. Well, that's like saying I do to your wife or your husband and then go living in separate houses the rest of your life. That's not a relationship, right? So we can't do that with God either. So then Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, it says, for it is by God's grace that you have been saved through faith. It's not the result of your own efforts, but it's God's gift, right? So we're back to the gift, so that no one can boast about it. God has made us what we are, and in our union with Christ Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds, which he's already prepared us to do. So, he, so again, I love talking about purpose and passion. God tied it right in in that scripture right there. I got all this stuff I want you to do. All right, you're at the starting gate. Paul talks about the race, run the race. You're at this starting gate, and I've got all this stuff planned for you to do. But you can nix it away by not accepting and opening and utilizing this gift that I've given you. You can take this awesome gift of freedom and peace and life and victory and you can set it on the shelf with those pretty bows and everybody that comes in your house can look at it and enjoy it, but you're never going to enjoy it and nobody's ever going to experience the real God in you because you never bothered to open it. And I would say you need to ask yourself, did you ever really receive it in the first place? Because if God gets in you and you get this thing... Um, there was a song uh, this is going to date me but there was a guy named Rebecca St. James and um, I don't even know if she's still she'll, she's still doing music but when I was in my mid-20s she had a song come out called God and and this was a this was a time in my life when um, and it was it was you know not long after I started coming to victory I was going through this time of just this revelation of relationship with God and how much he loved me and and all this junk that I've been carrying around for years I could let go of I mean I was just having this I, it just seems like I was always in this God moment. I told—I think it was telling, I was told Pastor Pam or Pastor Bill here a few weeks ago. Uh, there was somebody that I worked with uh, over at Purdue, and this I, again, I had just started coming to victory. Um, I thought my parents were weird going to a cult church and ask. I asked them, I ask him, When are you guys going to start drinking Kool-Aid during your services? You know. Um, and it's, but I would. But the thing is, I was drawn, and they had a, they had drums and stuff, right? They didn't just have the organ and piano. So that brought me. I was excited about that. But uh, I, somebody I worked with uh, gave me a CD of, uh, it was a Carmen CD, and then they gave me an, an Amy Grant, I think it was the Amy Grant collection. And, and I didn't know squat about the Holy Spirit or, uh, you know, gifts of the Spirit or anointing. or I didn't know any of that stuff. I mean, even raising your hands was weird, right? Yeah. Clapping I could handle, but the raising the hands thing, <laughs> and we didn't finish with Just As I Am either which was really bothering me. <laughs> but anyway, so she gives me this C- these two CDs, and I didn't know who these people were. Uh, I mean, I didn't know who they were. So, but she, she said, hey, get these. These are great, and it's Christian, and, and well, you know, and I, I've been told Chris this, so I'm not going to be in the doghouse. She was really attractive, so I was like, sure, I will listen to this music, and I, this will be great, and I'll tell you all about it. Would you, you know. So I was drive, but here's the thing. I started driving around in my car, and it was it was mainly the Amy Grant C D, but I was bawling like a baby, driving around town, I'm like, what is wrong with me? I'm having a nervous breakdown. You know? I mean, I've only been to church a few times. I'm listening to Amy Grant, don't even know who Amy Grant is. And I'm just I'm just driving around balling like somebody's gonna see me in a stoplight and just think I'm completely psychotic. Now I had a lot of weird things going on in my life, and there was a lot of that I think I mentioned in the last service about the onion peeling, you know. I had a lot of junk coming off of me and that that, that went on for a couple years. But Uh, It was just, I don't even know why I got down this bunny trail, but the point I'm trying to make is, the point I'm trying to make is God has a plan and a purpose that he wants to reveal through you, and he's got this gift that he wants you to open and run with, but until you understand that it's about this forgiveness and accepting and then giving out, you're never going to fully realize the plan he has for your life. I mean, there's going to be things you're going to miss. Now, you may still have an awesome life and, and, you know, wonderful family and all those things and just feel totally blessed, but I'm telling you, there is another level. There's always another level, you know? I mean, in the Bible, people are jumping from place to place like Star Trek. I mean, that's cool. That's a whole other level, right? So if people can do that when he was here and even before he was here, and he says we're going to do greater things after he's gone, Wow, we got a whole lot of levels to go to. So I'm just telling you, we got to get rid of bitterness so we can move into that. So the last piece is forgiving ourselves. And this is this one's tough because you are not going to find any scripture that tells you the process for forgiving yourself. There is no thou shalt do and you will be forgiven of yourself. There's nothing like that. You're not going to find a scripture in the Bible that gives you the plan and the process of forgiving yourself. You're not. Now, psychology and counseling, secular counseling They'll talk about that a lot, and I don't say that because I think it's wrong. But the way that and the ways and the methods is more about looking inward, and the true forgiving yourself is because you look upward, right? And once you get to the point, so and I, on this next slide here, I have you know hurt is real, rejection's real, rapes real, murders real. We live in an imperfect world, and we're born into it from day one, so those things are real. And I'm not trying to negate that we ha- don't have real things we have to deal with but the thing is we know it so now what how do i handle these things i've gone through all this stuff i've made all these you know bad choices i've made mistakes i've you know i've been divorced i, I you know I, I gave a child up for adoption i had a had a i had a rough life before i accepted christ you know how do i get to the point where i'm able to forgive myself For those things, I mean, I understand God forgives me. I've accepted Christ as my Savior. I'm going to church. I'm in praise and worship. I'm really seeking Him. But there's just these things that, you know, yeah, my my mate forgave me. My parents forgave me. So-and-so forgave me. But I can't really forgive myself. Now, you can have a perfectly legitimate relationship with God, hear from God, do all those things that we've been talking about, but still not truly forgive yourself. And if you can't get past that angst and that that inner turmoil, again, it's still like having that unopened gift. Or maybe you've partially opened it, or maybe you've looked at it, or you've taken it out of the box. I love analogies, by the way. I don't know if anybody noticed that. I love analogies. So so maybe you've taken it out of the box, you've kind of held it and smelt it and played with it, but you put it back, right? And you know it's there. You know you can get it anytime you want it. But for now, I can't really forgive myself for this thing. And but God is the answer for that. And like I said, you know, in secular in secular realms, there's a lot of, you know, um, uh, you know, there's there's processes and things you'll go through to try to reach a point of of self forgiveness. But but that in and of itself is selfish and inward focused. We need to look to God because it's through Him that all these things take place. And the, and the devil wants you to be trapped in that circular pattern of unforgiveness for yourself because he may know he lost you. You're not one more person he's taken to hell. But if he can prevent you from witnessing to somebody else or leading somebody else to victory, then he'll call that a win in his corner, right? And so the other thing I, I made a note here, you got to remember the enemy is your enemy. The enemy is your enemy. So if, if you have a point of not being able to forgive yourself and you're just all wrapped up in this thing that that is so bad and I don't even want to talk to anybody about it and I, don't, I sure don't want to tell pastors about it and I don't even want to tell my spouse about it, but but every day you just you're playing that over and over again in your head. That is not God. God is not going to tell you, "Oh, you're bad," or "Look what you did." I mean, He forgave you. The Word says it's forgotten. So that that cycle and that pattern and that junk that's going over and over in your head is not God. God's got victory and awesomeness ahead of you. So you've got to get to. The, so the first step, like I said, is not looking at yourself, but realizing where all that stuff's coming from. It's the enemy. It's the enemy trying to stop you dead in your tracks from fulfilling the call that God has on your life and from making an impact on the people around you. John 10.10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. So, he's going to try to hold you down. Okay, lost this one. But man, I'm going to keep him from doing anything for God. And God's saying, no, come on, forget that garbage. Remember the forgiveness I gave you and that you accepted and that I want you to give to others? There's great things ahead. Let's go. So you have got to come to the point where you realize where those messages are coming from, where that information that's playing over and over again in your head is coming from. And you've got to get in the word, and you've got to understand that you've got to, you've got to confess over that garbage. I'm not listening to this anymore. This isn't God. God's got a better plan and a purpose for me. And then I said, let it go through faith and focus on him. Let it go sounds easy, right? Those, are, those sound like real easy. Oh, I'll just let it go. But I know it's not that easy, but with God it can be. It may not happen like that. But when you when you realize that the enemy's the one telling you this garbage and that God has got something better, and it may be a process. I mean, it depends on what it is, how bad it is. Everything's individual. God is personal. But I'm telling you, the let it go is, is exactly the first step. You've got to let it go. God says, cast your burdens on me. Right? So give it to him. You just and and it and it can be as simple as that. Get in prayer, name the thing, and say, God, I just give this to you. I need to forgive myself so that I can move on. And the plan and the purpose that you have for me, this thing is weighing me down. I know it's not you. Your word says that you came to give me life and give it abundant. It says the enemy's here to give me is here to still kill and destroy. I know this is the enemy. I give it to you. I want you to take me forward. And I promise you that if you keep saying that over and over again in your head, every time you hear that voice. I rebuke you. You're just here to steal, kill, and destroy me. God's here to give me life, and abundantly, this is not for me. And you just got to keep telling yourself, let that self-talk change. In James 5.15, it says, And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. The sick here is not just sick like health sick, you know, not flu or cancer. Sick is anything that is opposite of healthy. And like I said earlier, bitterness makes you sick. Heartbroken makes you sick. Your knower not hearing everything you're supposed to be knowing, that's sick. So we can turn to God and say, I want to be healed of this. And you've got to name those things. Be specific. God's a very specific God. He's very personal. And the stuff that I'm going through may not be the same thing my wife's going through. And God knows that. And he wants to hear our our specific needs, our specific prayers. Now, certainly we pray together over our family. But there's things that we're dealing with that are individual too. And God knows that. Isaiah 43, 25. And yet I am the God who forgives your sins. And I do this because of who I am. I will not I will not hold your sins against you. And if we go back a few scriptures, Isaiah 40, 30 through 31 says, but those who trust in the Lord for help will find their strength renewed. They will rise on wings like eagles. They will run and not get weary. They will walk and not grow weak. That sounds... That does not sound like a God that's going to be telling us about how awful we are or about that thing that's just too big for him to forgive. I mean, there's just a few things I can't do, right? That's not the way God talks. There's not anything that is too big for God. And he says he wants us to rise up on wings like eagles, run, don't get tired, walk, not grow weak. He wants to be all those things for us, but we have got to release what's holding us back. And in your life, that holding you back may be, Maybe you've just not ever really been able to understand that God wants to forgive you. Maybe it's that you've never been able to truly forgive that other person. And maybe it is that you've not truly been able to forgive yourself for something. But God wants you to know that you can, and he'll help you. And the first step is just saying, I release this to you, God. You know, him. He knows what you're going through. It's not, it's not going to be a surprise to him if you tell him, I really don't like this person. That's not going to be a surprise to him. And it doesn't make you a bad person for admitting it. It's not like if you don't say it, he doesn't know. He knows. So just say it. Just tell him. And that's, you know, they always say the first step is admitting there's a problem. It's true. Because then it becomes real. And it's something you can, you know, it's tangible. You can start dealing with it. All right. So I'm actually about ready to wrap up. So I just want to, I want this next scripture is kind of long. But I want you, those two scriptures I just shared, please write those down. Isaiah 43, 25 and Isaiah 40, 30 through 31. And and you just need to make that part of your part of your routine to understand those those things that God has for you. And then this next one, Psalms one thirty nine. Whatever you need to do, replace this with your name. Put you know, but make this personal to you. God, investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. I'm an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back. I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I say the first sentence. I look behind me, and you're there. Then up ahead, and you're there too. Your reassuring presence, coming and going. This is too much. It's too wonderful. You know, David's saying, I almost can't even contain this. Now I remember what I was going to say earlier when I was talking about Rebecca St. James. (laughs) I was at this point in my life where I would look at somebody, and I'd go, you don't understand. It's God. And I don't know how to explain it any more than that. I mean, he had become so real to me that it's just, it's God. How do you not get it? It's God. And you'll have these moments when you really dig in and you're really seeking him, you'll have these moments of just this, it's like this supernatural thing, an epiphany of, it's God. I mean, you know, it's like being in love for the first time, like, you know, when you're young and and she's beautiful or he's awesome. And, you know, it's just like that euphoric moment that lasts for like 10 seconds. But with God, it can last forever. (laughs) So that was the point I was trying to make earlier. So there you go. So, um, you're re- so and it says, I look behind me, you're there. Then up ahead, and you're there too. Your reassuring presence, coming and going. This is too much. It's too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Is there any place I can, ago- I can go to avoid your spirit, to be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizons, you'd be there in a minute. You're always there waiting. Then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I'm immersed in the light. It's a fact. Darkness isn't too dark for you. Night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. So again, there's nothing he doesn't know. There's nothing that's too bad. There's nothing that's unforgivable. There's nothing that you can't say that's going to shock or surprise him. Like, oh, I didn't know that. They don't have any of that, right? He's got it all. Oh, yes, you shape me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking, body and soul. Say this with me I am marvelously made. I am marvelously made. One more time. I am, made. I am marvelously made. So, if you have any problem with not forgiving yourself, that line alone from God should change your attitude. I am marvelously made. God has a plan and a purpose, He wants me to ride on wings of eagles. That's not somebody that's down in the slumps so of I can't forgive, except I can't, for, I'd love to fly today but I can't forgive myself for this thing. God has much more for you than that. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life are spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. So he knew he knew, before your parents knew, a twinkle in your parents' eye, you've heard that before. He knew all this awesome stuff he wanted you to do. There are things, see, I'm right back to the purpose thing, but there are things you are wired to do, that you were created to do, that only you can do. And I said I said a few weeks back, don't go to your grave and miss out on the stuff that he had just for you to do. And until we can get past this unforgiveness stuff and truly understand, I need to, I need to accept the reality that I need forgiveness. I need to accept the reality that I need to forgive others, that God truly wants to forgive me, and that I need to forgive myself. And until we can get past those things, there's so much stuff that he wants us to do that he has to unlock for us, and we'll never see it if we don't get past these things. So my prayer for you tonight and my, my encouragement for you tonight is whatever that thing is, pray about it, seek God. If Whatever that thing that's holding you back, if it's a forgiveness thing with somebody else, if it's for yourself, or if it's, if it's never even really, just like Pastor Bill prayed earlier, if it's just never really accepting the fact that God has forgiveness truly for you, yes, you, you have to accept that that is real. He meant you. The Bible is personal for everybody. It's not just a few. It's not just the ones that go to the big church on Sunday. It's for everybody. And once you realize and make it personal, like I said, when you had that moment of it's God, do you not get it? It's God. When you get to that point and you accept these things, it's just going to unlock this world of amazing that you didn't even think was possible. So I just encourage you tonight, do that. Realize forgiveness is real and move forward on what God has for you.
1: Hey, let's all stand. Awesome word. Let's give the Lord a hand again. Aaron, come on back up there. How many of you know that there are times in your life that you really struggle in that area of forgiveness. And I see your hands? And You know, until we really accept the victory that is really ours, then it will come and go at will based on how strong we are in our faith to believe the work that has already been done. And that you may be here tonight, and you're really struggling in that area of your life. And I know that when I was a new believer out in Victory in Tulsa, they'd have a message and it was right for me. And they'd say, you know, anybody that needs to come to the altar is like, I'm not going down there because I'm pretending that I'm okay. (laughs) There's a big difference between pretending you're okay and walking by faith and being okay. And if you're here tonight and that's you, Don't let this moment go by because there's an anointing upon the word that went forth. There's an anointing of the Holy Spirit upon Aaron, and there is an anointing to set you free in that area of your life. Would you bow your heads with me? How many of you know that's you? That's That's an area of stronghold in your life. Get down here quickly. And if you didn't raise your hand, get down here quickly because don't pretend that you're all right. If you know by faith you're all right, you are all right. but if you're pretending, you'll just walk in and out of a cycle of unforgiveness toward others, towards yourself, and you'll never fulfill the God given destiny that you have. So let's sing something that's forgiving worship, and let's do whatever we need to do. And Aaron, they're all yours. Stretch your hands out toward these at this altar.